Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everybody. Um, and I want to say welcome to all of those who are watching online as well. We're happy that you're with us. Um, and let us know where you're worshiping from. I don't know if you were here or not, but Wednesday night, we had an awesome ice cream social, didn't we? Uh, it was absolutely amazing. And even, well, the ice cream social was great, but even better, before that, we had an awesome meal in the gathering room. So I would love to invite everybody to eat with us on Wednesday nights at 5.15, but please sign up uh, ahead of time. You can sign up on the church app uh, or on the website, or you can call the church to make a dinner reservation. But our meals are awesome. Everybody gets to hang out and be with each other before uh, we break off for children, youth, or Pastor Sam's best Bible study in the world is also on Wednesday nights, which is great. And speaking of best Bible studies in the world, uh, Thursday mornings at 7 a.m., uh, the men at the well do a Zoom Bible study. Um, they're doing a new one in August and September that goes over the characters in the book of Acts. And they would love for you to join Men at the Well, 7 o'clock in the morning. That's dedication. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, the church app, I would love for you to check it out. There's lots of cool things you can do on there. Uh, one of the things you can do is you can fill out a contact card. You can let us know things that you want to know more about or ways you're interested to serve. Um, and we, all, we have these really cool church calendars, too, uh, that are at the, the doors of the church. Um, and on these calendars, you can see what's up and coming at the church, but it also has a place you can rip off at the bottom to fill out a prayer concern um, or let us know things that you're interested in, ways to serve or ways you want to get involved. And we'd love for you to do that. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. stand together as we sing our opening hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Number 110, if you want to look in the hymnals, follow along on the screen. 110, Mighty Fortress is Our God.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. except for our our children are about to go with Miss Catherine and I don't know what they're going to get into in children's church so many activities Miss Catherine so many activities we don't know what all they're going to do but I know it's going to be fun they have a great time children's church so bye but we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a party here and celebrate. We're, we're uh, going to be glad that we can be in the house of the Lord today. We're glad you're worshiping with us by, by uh, live stream today. Say hello to us in the comments. Let us know where you are. Share with your friends that they can worship with us today because, y'all, we've got a, a lot of grief and a lot of heaviness and a lot of stuff going on around the world. And, and our anchor, our fortress is is God and and this worshiping together with God's people is so important to keep doing that so thank you thank you for your support thank you for your prayers um, thank you for your your gifts and your tithes and offerings uh, if you have a prayer request that you'd like to give to us then we would welcome that we do pray for each other I want to offer a pastoral prayer for all of those who are feeling that heaviness Sometimes it feels like um, we just got a, a wet blanket just wrapped all over us because we're worried about loved ones. We, we have grief that we sometimes can't even explain because, you know, with the news cycle 24-7, we, we hear what's going on in Haiti. We hear what's going on in Afghanistan in addition to what's going on in our own communities and in our own country. So with, for the grief, uh, for healing for strength to carry on for those who are so tired and weary and who are struggling right now uh, for our healthcare workers who are uh, exhausted and wondering uh, if they can hold up all of those things we're going to pray right now so will you join us gracious god our heavenly father sometimes we are overwhelmed but we know that you're with us and, and Lord, somehow we know that even when we don't know how we're going to make it, we know that we will because you're with us. And God, you've promised to be our shepherd. 
and we need you to be that. We need you to lead us. We need you to care for us tenderly. When we get lost and out in the wilderness, we need you to find us and bring us home. God, we know that, that grief is sometimes uh, is so heavy when, when we lose loved ones or when we have people who are sick and in the hospital and people, Lord, that are struggling so much right now. We get depressed sometimes, Lord. We get anxious sometimes. Be there for us. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort and uplift us. Help us, Lord, to know the, the peace and the assurance that passes all understanding and the strength that goes beyond human effort. Take our, our tithes and offerings, Lord. Take our, our gifts and our abilities. Take all of the love that we have to share with others and use it for your kingdom's glory. And now teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
that does our heart good like a medicine. I'm telling you, just I would I would prescribe um, beautiful music like that for everybody. Uh, it's good for the soul. Good for the soul. I'm so so proud of of the music that our celebration and our tradition services. It's um, it's wonderful, and I'm thankful. Um, we are continuing with our theme of back to school today. I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 15 today. If you have your Bibles at home, you want to grab that. It's going to be up on the screen. Uh, it's going to be up on the screen for you. you can look, or you could just listen to um, these stories from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go to the one that is lost till he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there's more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago, uh, we were able to do something that I never thought in a million years that I would get to do. We moved to um, my hometown, to Cherokee, Alabama, to serve as pastor of uh, one of my churches I had was my home church. I had always thought, you never go to your hometown, you never serve your home church. Well, lo and behold, there we were. I had been gone from Cherokee for 20 years, but we were going back to Cherokee. And Cherokee is a small little town. Um, we had three small little children, ages six, four, and three. And, and so here we go. And here, it, I mean, there were hardships and there were blessings just like everywhere. I could, I'll tell you stories if you've got some, some time afterwards. But uh, here's one thing I'll share with you that I learned it's different moving back home after being gone 20 years than it was growing up in the place where you grew up. I'm just telling you, just in case, you, move, you grew up in Gadsden, you move back here, it's just different, okay? One thing is, I grew up out in the country, out in the boondocks. I'm talking about nearest neighbor a country mile away, have to drive 15, 20 minutes just to get to a store, any kind of store. Uh, that's where I grew up. This time when we moved back, uh, we moved right smack dab in the heart of the city. We lived on Main Street. We lived a block away from city center. 
We lived across the street from the post office. We lived rock throwing distance from the train tracks. Um, now, there were some advantages, Pastor Andy, to, to living there so close. As you know, kind of being a downtown resident, it was handy, you know? If I needed, if I forgot something at the office, all I had to do is walk out the back door and walk across the driveway and walk in the door of the church. That's how close I was. If I needed some stamps, I could walk out the front door, walk across the street and walk into the post office. It was handy, you know? There were some challenges, right? With being, did I mention the train tracks? Um, when we first found out we were going there, I asked the pastor we were following, I said, well, what's it like living in the parsonage there in downtown? And he's, he thought for a minute, he said, I'll tell you what, you call me when you get used to hearing the trains go through. I never called him. I never got used to the trains going through. There were three crossings that we could see from our front yard, three. Do you know what freight trains are required to do when they get to a crossing? Just as loud as you can use it in your imagination, that's how loud it was. Uh, not once, not twice, but three times, and then we could hear it down that way, and then we could hear it down that way. Oh my goodness. And then another, cha another challenge, just kind of a sound-related challenge that we didn't know about until the first summer we were there was the street dance. The street dance. Now, growing up in Cherokee, we didn't have a street dance, but I had heard people talking about uh, at, at the Piggly Wiggly. I heard him talking about street dance. Okay, well, street dance, right? You know, it can't be that big of a deal. This is a small town. It was a big deal, y'all. And we lived on Main Street. And so we thought, okay, we're gonna go to the, apparently to the street dance. We got the kids, six, four, and three. We held their hands. We walked down the hill. We had hot dogs. We had lemonade. We bounced on the bouncy houses or the kids did we talked to friends and everything and then it started getting kind of dark and about dark 30 we got the kids by the hand up back up to the hill walk across the yard into the house because when you have little kids bedtime is a big deal I'm just telling you it is because we had to get baths we had to get pajamas and then we had to read Goodnight Moon probably three times, three or four times each. I can still quote that book. And we got everybody settled down and then everybody in their beds, all nestled snug in their beds. And Tammy and I watched TV for a little bit. And then um, we started going to bed. And about the time that I turned out the light, just about the time I wanted to doze off, I heard this. Elvira, Elvira, my heart's on fire for Elvira. Giddy up, home, papa, home, papa, mow, mow. Our bedroom window, Pastor Andy, was right across from the stage for the street dance. They were, they were killing the Oak Ridge boys all night long. And, and outside, they were dancing in the streets. 
So there were two categories of people, well, maybe three categories if you count us because we weren't there in the mix, but there were people who were dancing like no one was watching and people who were sitting in the lawn chairs watching the people who were dancing like no one was watching. And on and on they went. I mean, on and on and on until they finally took a break. Finally took a break. The band turned things off for a lot. They took a break for the fireworks, okay? And so I, w I went out on the porch finally and sat and just watched, sat on and watched things. I was so grumpy. I was, I'm telling you what, the kids kept waking up. We could, how could these people, I thought, party so hard so far into the night? I was grumpy. I was in a bad mood. That was grumpy Sam, okay? But now there was another way I could have looked at it. I want you to hear that. I could have looked at it a different way because what I didn't mention was the annual street dance takes place on the 4th of July. So I had been thinking, how could y'all party so hard so far into the night? And I could have been thinking, Sam, how could you not be partying so hard? This is Independence Day, right? This is Independence Day. I could have been celebrating Sam instead of grumpy Sam if I had just looked at it differently. You see, Jesus was having that same thing. Jesus had been celebrating. He'd been partying with sinners and tax collectors. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they took the grumpy Sam approach, right? The approach that said, how in the world could you party and celebrate with these sinners? And so Jesus, in order to help try to teach them something, told them a couple of parables. A couple of parables that are so powerful, we're still talking about them 2,000 years later. And the, in a nutshell, these parables say, how could you not celebrate? How could you not celebrate? The first one is about the lost sheep. You know the story, the parable of the lost sheep. The guy has a hundred sheep. One of them gets lost. And then the shepherd goes and leaves the 99 in the wilderness. And he goes and hunts and, ser and searches and hunts until he finds the lost sheep. He takes the lost sheep, puts it over his, his shoulders, which I have tried with uh, uh, our dog, and she doesn't appreciate that, but apparently sheep do. Do you think Flynn Ryder would, would like being put over the shoulders? I don't know. Um, brought the sheep home, called all of his friends together and said, have a celebration, have a party with me because my sheep was lost in this back home. Well, I have to confess to you, I've always had a little bit of trouble with this story. And, and maybe it's just the practicality in me. It's like, why would the shepherd leave 99 in the wilderness to go look for the one? The one probably wandered off of its own stupidity. And, 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 you know, that's, that's 1%. And you're leaving 99% in the wilderness to go look for the one. It just doesn't seem like good livestock management to me. All right, but I'll come back to that in a second. 
The second story that Jesus told, second parable, was about a woman who has 10 silver coins. I always picture she had 10 silver coins in a, in a, like a velvet bag or something. Uh, so she's got 10 silver coins. She loses one of them. And she doesn't stop searching until she finds it. She searches into the night. She lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She looks under the couch cushions. She didn't have a couch. But you can imagine. She would look everywhere until she found the silver coin. When she found it, she was so happy and, and overjoyed that she called her friends and said, let's have a party. Let's have a party and celebration because I found that lost coin. <clears throat> Now, again, confession time. I've always kind of been vaguely uncomfortable with this too because in this story, in the parable, God is obviously the, the shepherd and we're the lost sheep, you know. We're either in the fold or we're lost. And then in the second story, God is the woman who has the 10 coins and we're the coins, right? And then, but what has always kind of bothered me is is there a hole in the bag? Are we misplaced? Is it God's fault for losing us? It just doesn't seem like good money management. But here's the thing we have to remember. These parables are not about best practices for livestock management or money management. These Parables do not imply that God somehow misplaces us. These stories are a challenge to the religious. We're the religious, in case you were wondering. They're a challenge to the religious to participate in what I call the four-step dance of the gospel. Here's the four steps in the four-step dance. Step number one is something gets lost. Something's lost. Step number two, that something is sought after. It's looked for diligently. Step number three is that lost thing is found and put back where it belongs in the first place. Step number four, there's joy and celebration. That's the four steps. So the question is not why the shepherd did what the shepherd did and why the woman did what the woman did in the parables. The question for us, church, is why are we not doing this four-step dance? It's exactly what our mission is. So we can look around us this morning and see all the handsome and beautiful people who are here. If we looked on our, our live stream feed, if people who say something to us, we could see them. We can see that, but I wonder if we have eyes to see who's not here. If we have eyes to see who's maybe lost out in the wilderness. Maybe even people who, as a friend of mine used to say, who, who don't know Christ from a doorknob. People who are just out of place. So maybe we get too concerned about just us and our own and our own family getting taken care of and we, we, get, we get inwardly focused and we think, okay, um, 
all we got to do is kind of keep things going here for, for those of us who are in the fold or in, in the bag, so to speak. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is the four-step dance. The gospel is God not being happy until everybody's where they belong and then a celebration and a party. See, the scribes and Pharisees thought it was their job to keep others out, that they didn't think they belonged. They thought they belonged, but these, this, this riffraff doesn't belong, so we got to keep them out. But God looks at it this way. God's not going to rest until his children are home. Until his children are home. This month we've been going on the theme of back to school and that's, uh, that's what we're thinking about a lot, you know. We even had, had Friday night football this week. Today's message is entitled, Go to Your Homeroom. And I need to explain a little bit where I'm getting that from. When I was in middle school, um, our principal's name was Mr. P.B. Reynolds. And we always thought PB stood for peanut butter. It did not, I learned. But that's what we claimed anyway. And there are many reasons that I will always remember Mr. Reynolds. One of them being that he made me drink soured milk one time. I know, it's abusive. I, I probably need to be in therapy because of it. When, when you're in the school cafeteria, you get the little carton of milk. And this is a little tip for y'all. When you, when you get a carton of milk, you always smell it before you drink it, right? Because it could, it could be turnt, as we say in the country. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I smelled my milk one day, and it smelled sour to me. So I walked up to Mr. Reynolds, who's standing up at the front of the lunchroom like this kind of watching everything and I said Mr. Reynolds my milk is soured he said let me see that milk and he got the milk and he smelled of it and I'm not kidding I, I really I'm not you can't make this stuff up he poured some milk in the palm of his hand and slurped it out of his hand and he said boy it tastes mighty good to me you go back and sit down and drink your milk I, like I said, I probably need to be in therapy over that. I still remember that to this day. Um, okay, another thing that I'll always remember is what he would say into the microphone when we would have an assembly. I don't even know if you have assemblies anymore at school, but that's what we called it. It was when everybody went to the gym, because this was middle school, we didn't have an auditorium. You just all went to the gym, you sat in your little places, and, and whatever they did with us while we were all together. And then Mr. Reynolds would get the microphone in the middle of the gym. And, he, and it's always like he never knew if the microphone was on. He always tapped it and kind of blew in it like that. It sounded like that too. It sounded like that. And then he, when he knew it was on, he said, go to your home room. And we would all get up and file out in an orderly fashion and we would all be imitating him under our breath as we went. 
go to your home room. Well, you know, we just laugh, you know. And so we got to our homeroom this one particular time, and everybody was in their desk, and there was a desk that was empty. And the teacher looked at the empty desk, and everybody knew who was supposed to be in the empty desk. It was Charles. And Charles, Charles was what we would say today, mentally and physically challenged that's not what we said back in the day but Charles had had problems he had trouble getting where he was supposed to go he did not communicate did not talk except maybe a word or two and made noises and Charles Charles drooled on himself and Charles had accidents sometimes before he could get to the restroom he had all kinds of, of challenges, Charles did. But Charles wasn't in homeroom. And so when the teacher realized that, the teacher's eyes went from Charles's empty desk to me. And I was trying to do like this because I didn't want her to look at me. And she called me up to her desk and she said, Sammy, will you go find Charles? Just a little side note. I was Sammy for a long time growing up until I met somebody named Tammy and we got together and she said, honey, Sammy and Tammy is a little too cute. So she said, I'm going to call you Sam. So for 30 years, I've been Sam. Hi, honey. Um, Sammy, will you go find Charles? Yes, ma'am, I said. I said, yes, ma'am. I was thinking as I walked out the door, I don't want to go find Charles. Why do I have to go find Charles? Why can't somebody else go find Why can't Charles just come to homeroom on himself? He ought to know. At least he could find his way to homeroom. I mean, I was just grump, 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 grump all the way. And I went out. I found him on the playground. He was sitting on the swing out by himself. And I walked up and said, Charles, we got to come on. We got to go home room. And he said, he didn't say anything. He made some noise. I said, Charles, come on. We have to go to home room. And I ended up, I grabbed him by the hand, pulled him up off the swing. And I had to take him by the hand and bring him back to home room all the time. I, I mean, I just had the old, I, my attitude was as sour as that carton of milk. I mean, it was bad but something happened when we walked into the door of homeroom all of the kids stood up and clapped and cheered and started saying yay Charles see the teacher had worked this out ahead of time with them hey y'all when Charles comes in the door everybody stand and clap and say yay Charles okay all right so we came in, yay, Charles. And Charles had the biggest smile on his face. And the more he smiled, the more they clapped. And the more they clapped, the more he smiled. And all of a sudden, my bad attitude went away. And I thought, I can't do anything but clap and cheer too. So we just all cheered, partied. So much so that Mr. P.B. Reynolds stuck his head in the door and said, 
What's going on in here? Why are y'all carrying on like this? And our teacher said, Mr. Reynolds, we're celebrating Charles. Come on in here and join us. And he said, hmm. And he went on down the hallway. I imagine thinking to himself, I don't know why they have to carry on like that. And I imagine that maybe our teacher was thinking, how could we not celebrate? How could we not celebrate? Charles made it back to homeroom. So I want you to do something for me. Um, I want you to, to close your eyes and something. I'm going to ask you to picture something. If you're driving and listening to this uh, while you drive, don't close your eyes. Otherwise, if you're sitting on the couch or everything or you're in here, it's fine. Close your eyes. I want you to, first of all, picture yourself and just ask yourself this question in your mind. Has there ever been a time that I have felt closer to God than I do right now? Is there something inside of me that feels lost and misplaced and searching and wandering? Do I know how much it breaks my Heavenly Father's heart if I'm not where I belong in my spiritual life with him? And now, as long as you still got your eyes closed, I want you to picture something else. I want you maybe to picture somebody that you know, maybe a friend or an acquaintance. And that person is struggling. If there's a metaphorical wilderness out there, they're out there in that wilderness. They feel maybe misplaced, abandoned, shut out, like nobody wants them. Like they're the only ones left on the playground and everybody else is gone. Okay, open your eyes. Open your eyes back up. So if, if you're the one who's feeling lost and misplaced and out of pocket and all alone, I want to say to you, come on home. Come on home. Come on home to where you belong. If you know somebody who's out in the wilderness and feels lost and misplaced and feels like nobody wants them, I want you to be right now praying for that person. Whoever it is that the Holy Spirit brought to your mind, I want you to right now be praying for that person and ask that God will open a door for you to have a conversation with them. For you, maybe you can say to them, hey, look, I know you're an early bird. This Thursday, why don't you join our Zoom Bible study? It's, it's, it's just a bunch of cool guys. Seven o'clock. Or why don't you come on Wednesday night and have some uh, uh, chick, chicken sandwiches and ice cream? I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Come out, come hang out with us on Wednesday night. And stay for Bible study. Why don't you come and join us. Join us. If, if you want to kind of try it out with live stream worship first, just to see, just to see how things, and then maybe you can come, maybe you can sit with me. And then, and then when we get 
God's children in place. Well, how could we not celebrate, y'all? How could we not? Let's pray. God, we ask that you would give us ears to hear your voice. You're the good shepherd. Give us ears to hear your voice calling our name. Come on home. Come on home. Lord, also give us a heart for those who feel left out and misplaced and lost. And help us, Lord, to be not content until we have your children where they need to be. All your children, Lord. All your children. And then give us hearts that are fit for partying. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite old hymns is going to be our closing hymn today. It's, it's number 348. If, if you want to look in the hymnal, uh, the words will be up there. It's softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Let's stand together.
Now, as we go forth from this place, O Lord, may our restless hearts find their rest in thee. Amen.